you all again tonight, and my wife and I have enjoyed being here the past several days, um, part of the um, youth rally and youth event, and um, we're so grateful for the opportunity God has given us to be here, and we have appreciated spending time with Pastor and Mrs. Miller as well, fellowshipping with them, and um, we've solved the majority of the world's problems in the past two lunches, so if you have any questions, feel free to come by and speak to one of us, and we've got it for you, all right? But no, really, we have enjoyed talking and fellowshipping with one another, and I've enjoyed being here, and this has been a place where God has allowed my wife and I really to rest and spend time with Him and fellowshipping with one another, and we're so grateful for the opportunity to be here with you all. Um, like Pastor Miller said, um, the property, I felt really bad this morning because I talked about everything except how in the world we came to get the property. I thought, well, that's kind of a big important piece of the whole thing, um, but the Lord provided this property in a miraculous way, to be honest with you. The, patch, the passage was originally a boarding school for rich young people. And if I were to tell you how much these parents paid for their kids to come a month, you'd be shocked. Um, they paid a lot of money for their children. And uh, a couple years ago, I believe in 2017, 2018, due to mismanagement, um, they filed bankruptcy and they had to sell the place, sell the property. And while that was going on, in the heart of a rancher that literally is about five minutes down the road, he had a burden seeing a property purchase in order to have a Christian camp in the Northwest. Um, he had been part of a previous endeavor to do that, and it fell through with all the um, market situation in 2008. And so him and his wife were praying that God would open a door for them to be able to purchase another property and see a camp started at least. And through that, through that connection, he knew a pastor in the Northwest that knew Pastor Sexton. That is how we came to purchase the property. It is 120 acres with 26 buildings on the property, and we paid for just, literally, we paid just for the land. Um, the property was estimated at about $6 million. We paid for, um, we paid a million dollars for it. And so God miraculously provided for this, and we know that it was God doing all that, not us. And so we are so grateful for the opportunity just to be a small part of his work. And um, our aim and our goal is simply this, that Christ would be glorified. That people would not see man in all of this, that they not, would not look to man and say, wow, look what man's done, but that they would see God in it and see, wow, what a great God we serve. And I want to testify to you tonight that God, <laughs> we serve a great God. And, you know, as impossible as that was to purchase that at the original price it's actually valued at, we couldn't have done it. But God lowered the price through the years to the point where when they called that rancher, they said, you name the price and we'll give it to you. And that's how God provided for it. And um, like I said this morning, a couple of our aims are simply this. We want to see an extension campus of Crown College where young people will come up there and they'll get a burden for the Northwest and the Rocky Mountain regions of the United States and that we'll see them strengthening churches, helping pastors, and that we'll also see church plants. My prayer is that if God allows us to live, I pray that we'll see many churches planted in the Northwest and the Rocky Mountain region of the country, that God would use it to be a beacon of hope, a beacon of encouragement for churches in that area. We also are praying and wanting to do camps and retreats, and I know this morning we showed a video of our first two camps, and we were just thrilled about what God allowed us to do. Both camps, we maxed out on both things. We announced it, and we did it in two weeks from the, the, the day of the announcement, and two weeks later we, we had camp, and we maxed out both weeks. And so God is doing a great work, and we're asking that you pray for us. Pray that God would continue to supply our needs. There's a lot of them. But we know that we serve a God that can do that. Amen. And so we're just so grateful for the opportunity to be here to spend time with the young people this weekend. It's been really an encouragement to my wife and I. 
And we couldn't think of a better way to start off the year 2021 than with God's people and seeing God do a great work. I'm going to invite you tonight to turn with me in the book of Numbers, Numbers chapter 13 this evening. Numbers chapter 13. And this is a passage of scripture I want to speak upon, but this verse, these verses, I should say, um, have been a great encouragement to me the past several months. Um, Like many of you, I'm sure, um, especially after November and the election and all that has proceeded after that, it's just been, uh, to be honest with you, in my own heart, very disheartening. Um, Growing up, you know, all I can think about was, you know, I never thought at the age I am, which I'm 26, I never thought this soon I would see the country in the state it's in. You could almost see it coming. You knew it was coming. But I thought maybe when I'm older, maybe when I'm 40, 50, this will happen. But the quickness of how quick the spirit of the Antichrist has come into this country, where Marxism now is the new norm, where it's almost the, the thing where people are bowing down to literally. It's amazing to see where God is all of a sudden being pushed out of everything and, and where the government is trying to interfere with the work that God is trying to do. And this is a passage of scripture specifically in one of these verses, a phrase that Moses gives to his people that God brought to my mind and has been an encouragement to me ever since. When you come to Numbers chapter 13, you find that the nation of Israel, the children of Israel are about to enter into the promised land. They're literally on the verge. They've gone through all the desert. They've been freed from the land of Egypt, which we all know is a picture of sin, our past life before we came to know Christ, and how God miraculously freed them, how God used the ten plagues and brought them through the Red Sea, and he's provided for them in the desert place, and they're about to enter in. And God comes to Moses at the beginning of Numbers chapter 13, and he says, look, I want you to pick out these spies I want you to pick out spies out of each tribe, and what I want you to do is go send them over and let them spy out the land to see what there is over there. And when you come to Numbers chapter 13, starting in verse 17, Moses is speaking to these men. He says this, And Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said unto them, Get you up this way southward and go up into the mountain and see the land, what it is, and the people that dwelleth therein whether they be strong or weak, few or many, and what the land is that they dwell in, whether they be good or bad, and what cities they be that they dwell in, whether in tents or in strongholds, and what the land is, whether it be fat or lean, whether there be wood therein or not, and be ye of good courage, and bring of the fruit of the land. Now the time was the time of the first ripe grapes. Let's pray. Father, as I come before thee, This evening, I thank Thee for the opportunity once again to preach Your Word. I thank Thee, Father, for what You have given us, the eternal life that we now have through the precious blood of Christ. I thank Thee for the opportunity to come before Thee into Thy presence, not because of our righteousness, but because of the blood of Christ that is on our account, His righteousness that we now have. I pray, Lord, that tonight You would hide me behind Thy cross, that Your Word would go forth and not my own. I pray that Thy Holy Spirit would guide and direct my lips. I pray, Father, for those that are here tonight, that this, that your word would be a comfort to them, an encouragement to them, something that they would not just glean from, not that it would just stir their hearts, but that it would change their hearts for eternity. And we'll be sure to give you all the praise, honor, and glory in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. The thought I want to give to you tonight is found in verse 20, where the Bible says this, And be ye of good courage. And be ye of good courage. 
The land of Canaan is not a picture of heaven. Oftentimes we hear some people will come up with this idea when they speak of Canaan, they speak of it in the sense of, oh, that is the final destination. But we know that the picture of Canaan in the Bible is the picture of the victorious Christian life. The land of Canaan was a place where God intended for his people to conquer other lands, other nations within that, to have the spiritual victories through God. And I want to tell you tonight, friend, God desires for each and every one of us to enter into the land of Canaan, to have a victorious Christian life. But it's going to have to be, on our behalf, we have to be people of good courage. Can I tell you this tonight, friend? God expects us to not only act in faith, but also to act in obedience. He expects us to live a life of courage, to say, come what may, I'm going to step forward by faith, trusting God. We heard this morning from your pastor, striving together and all the goals and desires God has given him and for this church. Can I tell you this, friend? It's going to take courage in God to do what he has placed upon your pastor's heart to do this year. It is going to take courage. It is going to take courage from here on out, I believe, to be a Christian in this nation. True courage. Never more so has this church been needed in Norfolk, Nebraska than this upcoming year. And that is going to require you as a congregation to be people of good courage. I was reading a story about um, Lewis and Clark. It's called Undaunted Courage. And I was just reading through it because of where we're at in Montana. It's estimated that they were within miles of the camp when they came through. And I just started picking up the book, trying to get some research on it, study some history. And it's interesting because Thomas Jefferson quoted Lewis and stated that he was a man of courage undaunted. And I want to encourage you tonight, friend, by simply saying this. God is still looking in this generation for people to take heart and be of good courage. And the question I have for you tonight is simply this. Will you be a person of good courage? We find first and foremost in this passage that a person of good courage sees the possibilities, not the impossibilities. In verse 27 of this same chapter, we'll begin reading where the Bible says this. And they told him, the spies, and said... We came into the land where thou sentest us, and surely it floweth with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, and the Hittites, and the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell in the sea, by the sea, and by the coast of Jordan. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men that went up with him said, We be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people that we saw in it are men of a great stature. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants, and, we're, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so we are in their sight. Can I tell you, friend, you are either a man of, like Caleb or you're one of the other ten. You either see the possibilities or you see the impossibilities. When we come to this passage of Scripture, the twelve spies, they come back with the report, and they say, look, the land is great. The land has a lot of potential. And, but there are giants in the land that we are as grasshoppers to these people. We are small, we'll be overcome. 
But Caleb stood up and said, look, there is possibility. We can do this. We can do this in God. And my question for you is simply this. Are you a person that sees possibility or impossibility? When you look at the opportunities God has given you to serve in this church and the opportunities going forward that God is going to present to this church, will you see the possibility or the impossibility? I want to remind you tonight that these were God's chosen people. These were just some random people tonight. These were who God had chosen. And may I simply say this, even as a Christian, you will find that there are other Christians that are going to see the impossibility rather than the possibility. These ten men were God's chosen people. And my question for you tonight is simply this. Are you a person that sees the possibilities that God can do or the impossibilities? Even in your own life, the strongholds that you desire to have victory over, do you see the possibility that can be done or do you see the impossibility? Caleb simply said this. He said, let us go up at once and possess it, for we are able to overcome it. And I want to tell you tonight, friend, whatever God leads you to do in your own life, stepping out in faith, whatever God leads this church to do tonight, may you be people, may we be people that say we can go over and possess it. We can overcome it. We can do all things through Christ. Caleb stood there and he said, look, we can do it. It can be done. He saw the possibility. But you see the other ten, they said, nope. They, you know why they said no? Because they were looking more to how they could do it rather than what God could do in and through them. These men saw the impossibility because they thought, we can't overcome these giants. We're grasshoppers to them. Oh, yeah, the land's got potential. Oh, yeah, the land, we can do this. But you know what? We really can't do it because you know why? Because we're, we're as grasshoppers to these people. Can I tell you this, friend? You can do all things through Christ who strengthen us. Caleb was so positive, and he stepped out in so much faith, faith and saw so much possibility, not because of who he was, but because he had seen God do what he had already done in their lives before as a nation. May I remind you, friend, that God has done so much in our own lives that we don't have to worry about whether or not what he'll do in the future. Can I remind you, he saved your soul. He did what only he could do. He's given you eternal life. He's given you access to the throne of grace to where you can beseech a heavenly father, the God that created the stars, the moon. You, loves you more than you love yourself. That is our God tonight. And may I say this, nothing is impossible with that God. What God is trying to do in Norfolk, Nebraska, it can be done in and through him. But we simply have to step out in faith and say we can possess it. We can do it through him. In your own life tonight, maybe there's some things you're struggling with. Maybe... Maybe there's a stronghold of sin that nobody else knows about but you and God. Maybe there's a family situation you're going through. Maybe a struggle with a relative that you, you, you don't know what to do with it. Maybe there's something in your workforce. I don't know what is going on in your life, but may I say this. May we be people that see the possibility and not the impossibility. May we be people that see that it can be done, it can be accomplished, rather than, oh, well, whatever, we can't do this, so we might as well quit now. We see, secondly, a person of good courage understands that God can give the victory. And I've kind of hinted to this, but if you turn with me to the beginning, the following chapter, in Numbers chapter 14 and verse 6, the Bible says this, And Joshua the son of Nun, and Caleb the son of Jephniah, which were of them that searched the land, rent their clothes. And they spake unto all the company of the children of Israel, saying, The land which we pass through to search it is an exceeding good land. 
If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it us, a land which floweth with milk and honey. Only rebel not ye against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of the land. For they are bred for us, their defense is departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Fear them not. When you come to this passage of scripture, the beginning of Numbers chapter 14, the people are literally weeping in their unbelief. It says that they weeped all night. And Joshua and Caleb come before them again and they say this, look, if the Lord delight in us, we can do it. At the end of verse 9, it says this, and the Lord is with us, fear them not. Can I tell you this, friend? If the Lord is with this church, we don't have to fear what comes ahead of us. Come what may, the giants, the struggles, the strongholds, in your own life, if you are a Christian tonight, you do not have to fear, for God is with you. God goes before you. These people had lost their focus on God. And if you're going to be a person of good courage, you have to understand that God is with you, therefore you can be of good courage. Caleb was of good courage, not because of his own strength, but because God was with him. And I want to tell you tonight, you can accomplish great things in your own life. You can accomplish great things in this church because God is with you. These people had forgotten that God was with them. And can I say this tonight as a whole? America has forgotten that God has been with them. The success we have lived upon, the success of the past, has been because people have taken a good heart and courage and realized that God was with them. The blessings we have endured today and are enduring now is not because of what we have done, but because of the fact that God is with us and has been with us in generations past. Now I want to remind you, if we're going to go into the land of Canaan and conquer it and live a victorious Christian life, we must never forget Never forget that God has to be with us. Joshua and Caleb said, look, I don't care what's out there. I don't care what's going to happen in the future. I'm going to be a man of good courage because God is with me. And I want to encourage you tonight, friend, you can be a person of good courage. Why? Not because of you, but because God is with you as a Christian. We just simply have to trust. We find thirdly that a person of good courage will not just receive the blessings, but those that come behind them. In the same chapter of chapter 14 and verse 22, reading down to verse 23, the Bible says this, because all those men which have seen my glory, this is God speaking, and my miracles which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness and have tempted me, now these ten times and have not hearkened to my voice, surely they shall not see the land which I swear unto their fathers, neither shall any of them that provoked me see it. But my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit with him and hath followed me fully, him will I bring into the land wherein he went, and his seed shall possess it. Between the passage of Scripture we just read in this passage, we find that the children of Israel turn against God in unbelief, and they actually get pick up stones, the Bible says, to stone Joshua and Caleb because of their report. And God comes down, Moses is in turmoil, and God says, and God is on the verge of destroying the nation of Israel. And, God, and Moses intercedes for Israel, and God says this at the end. He says, because of Caleb's faith, I will spare him and Joshua. And they will go into the land with their children and possess the land together. Can I tell you this, friend? If you are a person that takes good courage, not only will you reap the blessings of it, but the generations to follow will reap it. Can I say this? The blessings of America are not because of us, but because of the price that somebody paid before can I say the gospel that we have so, so dearly been given is not because of us, because somebody else paid the price before. 
And can I tell you tonight, friend, you, not only you can benefit the blessings if you take your courage, but your children can. See, these other ten men, these men were on the brink just as much as Caleb was in entering into the land of promise. But because of their unbelief, they, were, they had to die out in the wilderness and miss the blessings that God intended for them. And what I think about, too, is think about all the wisdom that they had that was not given to the next generation going in. But because of their unbelief, they missed the blessing, and their children had to go and start all over again, but not Caleb's family. Because Caleb stepped out in good faith, and he, because he had good courage, because he was of good courage, not only did he get the opportunity to possess the land and his blessings, but his children did as well. And can I tell you this, friend? If you and I are people of good courage, we can pass that on, the blessings that God gives us to the next generation. But we have to be people of good courage. Can I tell you even tonight, the benefits of this church now have been because of the past generations before. And God expects us not just to stop where we're at in our lives and to say, hey, look, it's just for me. No, God wants us to pass it on to the next generation. Can I tell you this? The gospel isn't just for us and our generation. It's for the next one and the next one. And as long as God tarries, the blessings of the gospel are not intended for one person and one person only, but for all the world to have the gospel. And that takes good courage. Caleb understood that it wasn't just going to impact him. It was going to impact the generations to come. And can I tell you this, friend? Good courage won't just impact you. It'll impact your children and your grandchildren. As far along as it goes, I don't know, but it will impact the next generation. We finally see that a person of good courage understands that everything they do is for the glory of the Lord. In verse 21 of this same chapter, the Lord is speaking and says this, but as truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. Can I tell you this, friend? We have to understand, why do we take good courage? Why do we do these things? It's for the glory of God. God was angry with the nation of Israel at this point because of their unbelief. And he wasn't angry with them because of their unbelief only, but he was angry with them because the glory of his, his glory was on the line. And can I tell you this tonight? In Norfolk, Nebraska, God's glory is on the line. God says this, that all the earth may know of me and my glory. Can I tell you this? A person of good courage understands that it's all for the glory of God. It's not for man's applause. It's not for man's ambitions not for the applause and the and the recognition from man but it's for god's glory and god's glory alone can i tell you the reason why god called the nation of israel into the land of canaan wasn't so they could just conquer these people and so they could just say we did this feat no it was for them to reflect and say look what god did look what god has done in our lives can i tell you this god has led us as a people to live a victorious christian life not so we can look back and say look what we did Look what strongholds we conquered in our heart. Look what things we overcome. Look what we did in this church. No, it's to say, look what God did. Look what God did in my heart. Look what God did in this church. Look what God is doing. These people forgot it was all about the glory of God. You want to know why the nation of Israel in this chapter was rebelling and turning back? It was because they had forgotten the goodness and the glory of God. They got so focused on the circumstances and what was going on around them and how humanly impossible it was, and they forgot that they had the God of the universe with them. And they lacked the courage because of it. I want to tell you tonight, friend, that you and I are one or the other in this passage. I want to tell you, you're either a person of good courage or you're a person of unbelief. It's one or the other. You can't be both. 
You're either stepping out in faith every day or you're living a life of unbelief and self-reliance upon this union alone. But I'm, I'm afraid to say this. The Bible says this, that evil seducers shall wax worse and worse. The, this isn't going to get any better in this world. It's going to get worse. And in more than ever in this country, more than ever in Norfolk, Nebraska, God needs people that are going to be people of good courage. God needs people that are going to understand that it's going to have to be with Him and trusting in Him and conquering the land of Canaan in and through His power in good courage. Which one will you be as you step out into this new year 2021? Your pastor, God has led him with many things, many thoughts, um, many desires that he's placed upon his heart to do this year. Are you going to be the kind of church member that says, look, that's a great thought, but we can't do this? Or are you going to be the kind of person that says, with God all things are possible. We can do this in God. With the sin in your life that you struggle with, that nobody else knows about, are you going to look to God and say, yeah, it is a stronghold, but with God, all things are possible. We can do it. I can overcome this. Or are you going to be the kind of person that says, I can't do this. I quit. I'm going to let it linger on. Caleb was a blessed man. And as a matter of fact, you read on in Joshua, he goes into the land of Canaan with Joshua. And he conquers a hill of giants for his family. God did great things in Caleb. Look, we don't even know who the other ten, we know who, what their names were, but you know what, they're, they're forgotten in the pages of history because of their unbelief. But we remember Joshua and Caleb. Why? Because they were men of good courage. And just like that generation was seeking for people of good courage, God is seeking for people in this community to be people of good courage. Listen, friend, the spiritual warfare that we battle with is impossible for me to do but it is possible for God to do it. And we have to look to Him. This upcoming year, come what may, whether whatever happens in the government, whatever happens in the towns or with this pandemic, whatever happens, may we be people that say we're going to be a good church. We're going to look to God because God's with us. And we're going to continue to step out in faith, no matter what it takes. May I remind you, there is a city here that is looking for the answer, the blessed hope of the gospel. And they will not get it unless we be people. Which one will you be? Father, as we conclude this time, we thank you, Lord, for your word and the precious promises. We thank you, Lord, for the example of Joshua and Caleb, men that, even with all odds, their whole nation against them, they stood for the truth of your word. They stood because they knew you were with them. And Father, may we be people of understanding to understand the fact that as Christians, you are always with us. You dwell within us. May we be people of good courage. I pray for one here tonight that maybe they're struggling with a stronghold of sin or something in their life and they're trying to overcome it in their own strength. Oh God, may they come to the end of themselves and realize with you and only in and through you can they overcome it. I pray, Lord, as this church moves forward into this new year, may we all be people of good courage that step out in faith, no matter how impossible the task, may we just look unto thee and strive to thee, to glorify thee and honor thee so that you may receive the praise. In Christ's name, I ask these things.